Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, that you are there when we need a friend, when we need a savior, when we need a healer. Jesus, we thank you that we walk by faith and not by sight. I was in need and I needed a friend. I was alone and I needed a hand. I was going down. Someone rescued me. Birth 
love you and praise you. We thank you for your presence. We thank you for the privilege of drawing near and exalting your great and holy name. And, oh, God, as we have drawn near to you, we pray that you would draw near in a special measure, in a special moving of your spirit in this service. Let burdens be broken. Let wounded areas be mended and made whole. Let fresh grace and strength be imparted to every hungry and weary soul. Come, O oh God, by your mighty power and minister in your beautiful, beautiful way. In Jesus' name and all God's people said, Amen. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise and honor. We love you, Lord. We love you. Welcome, Holy Spirit. Oh, hallelujah. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Welcome to the house of the Lord. So good to see everybody this morning. Children, you are dismissed to Children's Church. Amen. Praise the Lord. And the rest of you, if you have your Bibles, if you would go to Luke's Gospel, chapter 13. Luke's Gospel, chapter 13. Spend our time this morning talking about uh, the topic, the trip that made the difference. The trip that made the difference. Luke's Gospel, chapter 13. If you would, look at verse 10 with me, and we want to read. On a Sabbath day, Jesus was teaching in one of the synagogues. And a woman was there who had been crippled by a spirit for 18 years. She was bent over and could not straighten up at all. When Jesus saw her, he called her forward and said, Woman, you are set free from your infirmity. Then he put his hands on her, and immediately she straightened up and praised God. Indignant because Jesus had healed on the Sabbath, the synagogue leader said to the people, There are six days for work, so come and be healed on those days, not the Sabbath. And the Lord answered him, You hypocrites! Doesn't each of you on the Sabbath Untie your ox or donkey from the stall and lead it out and give it water. It's amazing. We can do a lot of things on the Sabbath. But I'll leave that sermon for another day. I'm going to get to it. Don't you worry. It's too, too inviting not to. Amen. And Jesus said in verse 16, Then should not this woman, a daughter of Abraham, who Satan has kept bound for 18 long years, be set free on the Sabbath from what bound her. And when he said this, all his opponents were humiliated, but the people were delighted with all the wonderful things he was doing. The trip that made the difference. The trip that made the difference. You know, friend, you don't know how close you are to your answer, to your breakthrough, to your blessing. Oh, what a day can bring when you're walking with the Lord. I'll tell you that. And we pray that this story may... Show us that Jesus, our Jesus, is a mighty deliverer. He is a savior. He's a liberator. And we pray that our faith would be inspired to receive his touch and have a fresh encounter with the living Christ that will change us and bring us into a new place in God. See, Jesus wants to touch lives. He wants to touch your life just like he did to this woman. Now, there are three main headings in our text, and we'll really only be able to dig into one of them, but... If we were to outline it, we could outline it. Number one, liberation. That's Jesus, verses 10 through 13. He saw her, he spoke to her, he touched her, she was healed and God was glorified. The liberation. But then secondly, we would look at the indignation. And that's the angry religious leader in verse 14. He should have been rejoicing. <laughs> one of his people were made whole. But instead he's criticizing and he's complaining. And we see that his religious bondage was worse than her physical bondage and it showed. Liberation and indignation. And then lastly, vindication. Again, Jesus, verses 15 through 17. Jesus had an answer for him. You know you're not too smart if you want to debate with Jesus. You're not going to win that debate. I'm just telling you. Just humble your heart and say, yes, Lord, I surrender all, but stop arguing with God. Stop debating with God. You won't win. You'll never win. And someday you've got to stand before him. Come on, say amen. amen. Vindication. Jesus had an answer for him. It exposed the foolishness of his thinking. 
It exposed how his tradition had blinded him from what God was doing. Friend, don't resist or fight what God is doing. Get in the flow of what the Spirit of God is doing. Don't live off a 20-year-ago experience with God. The waters are fresh. The waters are moving. Step in and enjoy the presence of God. Now in our story, it's showing us that Jesus is our liberator. He is our liberator. That's one that sets men free from restraint or bondage. I thank God this morning that he liberated me from sin. He liberated me from the old way of thinking, the old way of living. We used to sing the old song, he set me free, he set me free. He broke the bonds of prison for me. I'm glory bound by Jesus to see. Glory to God, he set me free. And when you meet Christ in a real life-changing way, you can testify that you're freed. You're freed from the old things that had you deceived and had you bound. And new life comes in and new joys erupt and new visions and new hope and a new life divine is imparted in your heart. Now from this story, we want to understand that this is the kind of ministry Jesus had on the earth. This is not just a rare occurrence in his ministry. This is not some special case or exception. This is what he did. This is the Father's business that he was about. This was the Father's will that he said, I must do. This story is the heart of God being demonstrated yesterday, and this is the Father's desire for you and I today. It's his will today. This was the ministry Jesus had. He went about doing good, Peter said, healing all that were oppressed to the devil. Matthew wrote that he was teaching in the synagogue, preaching the gospel, and healing all manner of sickness and disease. And I want someone to know that God has not changed. God has not changed, and his heart is still moved, and his promises are still true, and his power is still available today. He's still a mighty God, and he's mighty to save today, and he's mighty to heal today, and he's mighty to change your life and set men free from things that have enslaved them and defiled them and deceived them. He's a good God, and he's a powerful God, and today the power of the risen Christ is available to help men and to heal men and to transform lives of men and women. The power of Christ is available to lift men up and free them from sin's hold. People that have been bowed down like this lady, bowed down and they can't get up, bowed down by sin or bowed down by sorrows or suffering. But I want someone to know Jesus wants to lift you up. Jesus wants to give you a new day, a new song, a new start, a new beginning. Somebody say, Amen. Oh, my God. Someone, you can be free. You can be set free. That harassing sin doesn't have to harass you anymore. That hole doesn't have to hold you anymore. That affliction doesn't have to torment you anymore. The power of Christ is present to heal and make man whole. Oh, we don't serve a dead Christ, do we? We don't just play at Easter, do we? We talk the real thing. He is alive. He is alive doing today what he did yesterday. Whew. Turning our attention to this woman, she pictures, and I say this respectfully, but she pictures some that are in the church today. And I pray that they can receive the same touch she did. She's saved, yet she's struggling. You mean you can be saved and struggling? Of course. Yeah. She was a true daughter of Abraham, yet she was still being harassed and hindered and struggling in an area. Now, this kind of struggle can take place. It can be expressed in a variety of ways. The enemy attacks men and women physically, like this woman. Her affliction came as the enemy assaulted her emotionally. Some live beyond just being in a, a funk. Some are struggling with a cloud they can't shake. A spiritual attack that wants to weigh them down and sap them of joy and hope and bring that restlessness and fear in their hearts. Others struggle with the old nature. They love God, yet there's a sin that they cannot overcome. It's kind of like the story of the Gospels in John 11 the story of Lazarus when Jesus, he called Lazarus out of the grave and that was dead came alive. Yet he was alive, yet there were still areas that were still bound. There were still areas that were still entangled. There were still areas 
in which the grave cloths were holding him and hindering him from total freeness and victory that Christ had called him to. There are a variety of ways the enemy will try to assault and attack men. But let there be no doubt this morning. Our God is mighty to save and mighty to heal. Jesus Christ is still a mighty deliverer and it is his will that men be free. That they walk in the full victory of this great salvation. That they enjoy the overcoming life that he came that men might have. Oh, whom the sun sets free is free indeed. Now our story this morning is dealing with a physical assault. We read a spirit that caused infirmity. It was a spirit that was attacking her, causing that spine to be fused and to be bound. Now if a doctor would have looked at the x-ray, he would have saw that spine being fused, but he would have been blinded to the cause of it. He would have seen the results, but he would not have been able to recognize the cause of it. Now, we recognize and we know that not every sickness has to do with the spirit, much as a natural thing. Much of it's purely, we live in a fallen world with fallen bodies. There's disease, there's chemicals, there's accidents, there's a body that's wearing down. We understand that. But in this story, we see there's an affliction being caused by a spirit. It caused this condition for 18 long years. The Bible says that. We read that in the 11th verse. A spirit of infirmity. Now we ask ourselves this morning, why does the enemy want to attack men's bodies? We understand that God has called us to offer our bodies, Romans 12, 1 and 2, as living sacrifices unto God. That God calls us as believers to give God our all. Give him our all. Give him our all to use for his glory and for his will and his purposes. But we say, why does the enemy attack? One reason he attacks our bodies is because the Bible teaches us our bodies are the temples of the Holy Spirit. You know, 1 Corinthians 6 to 19, know you not that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. God wants to use your life and God wants to use your body to reveal himself to the world. You know, the Bible also says that not only is our body a temple, our body is a tool. Romans 6 and 12 and 13 says, present or offer. Give your bodies to God like instruments or tools of righteousness. I mean, whether it's building an ark, feeding the hungry, visiting the shut-in, whether it's making music, whether it's teaching a class or preaching the gospel, you need and God needs your body to be his instrument that he might walk through you and he might talk through you and he might touch through you and he might work his works through your life by his spirit. You know, in fact, the Bible also teaches us that our body at times becomes a testing ground in the battle between heaven and hell. Most are familiar with the story of Job. The devil said, listen, he's serving you because you're so good to him. God gave him a little leeway. Job was still praising the Lord. He wasn't a fair weather saint. He praised God in the good times and praised him in the bad. The devil came back and said, uh-uh, let me strike his body. Man, if I strike his body, he'll curse you to your face. You know, that's true. Some people go through hard times, they forsake God. Some people go through a struggle, they blame God. Job was made of better stuff, wasn't he? Even when the enemy afflicted his body, well, we found out that Job loved God in the good times and Job loved God in the bad. That Job said, naked I come into this world and naked I'm departing. Blessed be the name of the Lord. In the good times and in the bad, I'll praise him and I'll love him and I'll serve him. And it's a beautiful thought that Job, even in the hard times when hell struck his body, he proved he had the right stuff. He kept his integrity. He kept his devotion. He kept his praise. Just like many of you and somebody, many of you, you've struggled physically. You've gone through the hardships. And your father's pleased with you. Somebody here, a few of you need to hear this. God is pleased with your faithfulness. God is pleased with your devotion. You've gone through some hard times emotionally. You've gone through some hard times physically. Yet you're still loving him. You're still honoring his house. You're still praising his name. You're still glorifying the king. Oh, somebody, God wants you to know he's pleased with your faithfulness. Hallelujah. This is the trip that made the difference. 
good thing she came to synagogue that day. Uh, she might never have straightened up. You never know what will happen when you show up. Number one, look at Jesus, our liberator. We ask ourselves, why did Jesus come? What was the purpose? Number one, to save the lost. Note takers to save the lost. The Son of God has come to seek and save that which is lost. The angel said to Joseph, thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Christ came, the liberator from heaven came, the emancipator of God came, that he might save the lost. The Bible teaches that sin has separated us from God. But Jesus came to bring us back to God, to restore our fellowship with God. That on the cross, Jesus Christ became our substitute and our sacrifice. He paid the price our sins demanded and we could not afford. Yes, he taught. He taught like no one else. He preached like no one else. He healed. But his main purpose was to die. John 10 and 17, Jesus said, no man takes my life. I lay it down of my own accord. He said, no one can take the life. The Jews couldn't kill him. The Roman soldiers couldn't kill him. He was the son of the living God. He said, instead, I willingly and lovingly give my life for humanity. You see, friend, the greatest, most needed liberation we need is the liberation from our sins. For the Bible says that all have sinned that all have fallen short of the glory of God, that all are guilty before God, and we need to be set free from the penalty and power of our sins. That's why Jesus came to make a way where you and I could be forgiven and you and I could be rescued. Why did Jesus come? He came to save the lost, but he also came to set captives free. When you read through your gospel, you'll see Jesus constantly preaching, teaching, healing, preaching, teaching, ministering deliverance to the people. Man was created to have dominion. Remember in the garden? Dominion, dominion. Yet we live in a world where so many are dominated. Addictions and perversions and phobias. Mental assaults and attacks. Yet Jesus Christ was anointed to set the prisoner free. Jesus' ministry, so much of it as you study it, was invading the prison houses of men and women and setting hell's captives free. And today in his name, by the Spirit's power, his church is to carry on that same mission. And we are to minister their lives just like he did, lifting them up and giving them hope and sharing the good news and praying in the name that is above every name. Why did Jesus come? The liberator came that he might save the lost. He came that he might set men free. You don't got to live with that constant harassment and that oppression. Jesus Christ will set you free. He came that the Bible says that he might deliver men from their fear and bondage of death. Note takers, Hebrews 2, 14 and 15. It says how Jesus died, that he might destroy the one that had power of death, the devil, that he might destroy hell, but that he might also free the believer from their fear of death. If you're a Christian this morning, You don't have to fear death as a child of God. If you're a Christian this morning, the moment you close your eyes here, you'll open them in glory. The Bible says to be absent from this body is to instantly be present with our Lord. You see, because of what Jesus has done, you that love the Lord, you that have given your hearts to Christ, death is no longer the master. Death is just the servant that ushers us into the presence of our God and King. Oh, I got good news for someone. Death has lost its sting. The grave has been stripped of its power, for Jesus Christ has triumphed, and we are with him. That's liberation. That's assurance for all who believe. For Jesus said, I'm the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. Why did Jesus come? He came that we might live. He came that we might be forgiven. He came to seek and save the lost. He came to set bound, hurting humanity free. He came to destroy death and free us from our fear and anxiety of death. Why did Christ come? He came to destroy the works of the devil. Note takers, 1 John 3 and 8. 1 John 3 and 8. The Bible says, for this purpose, for this reason, 
the Son of Man was manifest, the Son of Man came, that he might destroy the works of the devil. This story beautifully illustrates that. And I want someone to know Jesus Christ has not changed. He has not stopped doing the will of the Father. Now he just flows to his church and he flows through his body. Let us be his instruments of deliverance. For we have his message and we have been anointed with his might. And Jesus said, the works I do shall you do also, friends. Let's go and do the works of God. Can you say amen? Jesus, number one, the liberator. There is an emancipator. You don't have to die in your sin. Sin doesn't have to win. You can come to Jesus Christ and know full, beautiful forgiveness from God the Father. You can know the blood of Christ washing you and making you brand new. Number one, the liberator. Number two, I want us to notice the condition of this woman. We've seen the liberator, but now let us look at the condition of this woman. We saw the liberator. We recognize first we need to get set free. And then we need to go and free others in his name. But now the condition of that woman. There's something very inspiring about her. I want you to notice, number one, her affliction. The Bible says it was caused by the power of Satan. God didn't do that. God doesn't do that stuff. That's the devil. Sometimes we got things confused. The thief goes around to kill, steal, and destroy. Jesus went about doing good, freeing them from that. Amen? So I want you to notice her affliction. Caused by the power of Satan. Jesus said, whom Satan hath bound. Jesus said that. Again, Jesus said, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I have come. Christ came that you might have life and have it more abundantly. Her affliction, a disorder caused by a spirit that fused her spine into a rigid mass. Her beauty was marred. Her comfort, her joy. Her song was stolen. She couldn't stand. She couldn't serve. She struggled to smile. You see, the enemy of our soul is real. His casualties are real. But I want to thank God this morning that the power of Jesus Christ is real. That's why Paul would so confidently say, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. For it is the power of God unto salvation for all that will believe. And this morning we can be confident also. We can be bold also and declare there's power in the gospel of Jesus Christ. There's power to cleanse you. There's power to heal you. You can be changed. You can be free. You can become a new man. You can become a new woman. You can be set free from the things that hold you down and are trying to ensnare your life. There is power in the gospel of Jesus. Christ. We notice her affliction, but now I want you to notice her devotion. Remember, this is the trip that made the difference. I want you to notice she's crippled for 18 long years, yet still faithful to the house of God. I want us to get this. Anyone here have a back pain? Anyone? I know back pain. Anyone here about back pain? Yeah, I know. Don't y'all yell about your sciatica. Raise your hand for heaven's sake. I don't think I knew what it was till I came here. I found out what a sciatica was. Amen. So you know what back pain is? 18 long years. I said 18 long years. She couldn't straighten up. I played the fool a couple years ago and thought I was 25 again. Decided to do some crunches. Well, I got crunched. Amen. I got crunched. I got crunched. It took me about 10 minutes to get out of bed for the next two weeks. Amen. I don't know what it did to my stomach, but I know it did something to my back. Amen. That's all I'm saying. And um, it, it took me about five minutes to get on my knees. I got praying in the morning just to get on my feet, man. All right. Five, five steps just to stand up in the morning. All right. So uh, 18 long years. I, I, my heart's, my, I'm, I'm tipping my hat to this lady. I'm applauding, I'm saluting this lady. Amen? Yeah, all right. 18 long years, yet still faithful to the house of God. God seemingly being unconcerned, God's, God's silence did not embitter her or not cause her to despair. She did not get cold. 
towards the things of God because heaven was silent and seemingly God was inactive. Christians, it is so important to keep your guard up when you're under attack. Long seasons of disappointment are prime times of the enemy to weaken our resolve and to erode our faith, to cause people to want to accuse God of not being good and not being faithful. It's so important that when you're going through the trial that you guard your heart and you guard your mind and you guard your mouth. Instead of giving in to the frustration and saying things just out of pain or frustration, it's important to let the enemy know when you're going through the trial that you're committed to God. That you're not going to back down, but you're going to continue to love and serve the Lord Jesus Christ no matter how long the battle rages. It's important that your devotion for the Lord Jesus, that you let the enemy know your devotion for the Lord Jesus is not for sale. You've got to be bold in declaring this. To fight this good fight of faith declares, um, demands of us a courageous boldness. That we're not ashamed to confess, I know in whom I have believed in. We're not ashamed to declare, I know he that began a good work in me. He's going to complete this work. We're not ashamed, we're not afraid to say, his grace will be sufficient for me. And I know I need a lot of it now. But he hasn't failed me. And he won't fail me. It's so important when you go through the testing of your faith. Especially when it's hurting physically or emotionally. That you guard your heart and you guard your mind. And you guard your mouth. And instead you make a bold choice choice to declare no matter what my love and devotion for Jesus Christ is not for sale declare it and then display it like she did you see because trials can be long and painful but that doesn't mean that God is still not on his throne that doesn't mean that you are not still the apple of his eye and the affection of his love and God's care and kindness has never left you just because he's silent doesn't mean he's absent or disinterested. just means you're going to have to endure a little longer, fight a little harder, but you can be confident his grace will be sufficient for every battle, every storm, every step of the way. Remember, this was the trip that made the difference. For 18 long years, she'd been faithful. It hadn't always been easy. It couldn't have been easy. I have to imagine it. It couldn't always have been easy. Often, I'm sure, it was a struggle just to get there. But she came. And this time, it was different. This time, it was different. You don't know what a day holds. When you serve the Lord. Can you say amen? amen? A couple of Wednesday nights ago, as our tradition is, we got done with the praise and worship. Pastor Todd came to take our prayer request. Well, the wind blew. He never stopped praying. For about 30 minutes later, we prayed and praised God. People got healed. People testified. Oh, you never know what's going to happen. It was the trip that made the difference. It wasn't choreographed. It wasn't scheduled. We just going about loving the Lord. And also, the wind blew. He took the requests as we normally do. Sister Kathy had bold faith anoint me with oil. I got a doctor's appointment coming up. Next thing you knew, that was all there was to it. There's no Bible study that night. Amen. And we just praised God and prayed one for another. Next 30, 40 minutes. Next week came, people testifying. God touched me. God healed me. God heard me. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Whew. I'm glad I showed up. I wouldn't want to miss that. She would have listened to the devil's lies. If she would have given in to her human frustration, she would have missed her miracle. Make up your mind. You're not going to miss your moment. You're not going to miss your miracle. Don't miss your appointed time to receive from God. Instead, keep coming. Keep praying and keep trusting and keep giving and keep serving and keep loving Jesus and keep your song and keep your praise for the endurance and the devotion of faith is so important. In Acts 14, verse 22, Paul had a habit when they would establish churches, they would go back, kind of doing like a little circuit to check on those young believers. And here we see some of the advice. 
that great apostle Paul and Barnabas gave to these young believers to keep them going, keep them finishing, keep them strong to the very end. They, they went from place to place. And the Bible says they, they strengthened those young disciples. Number one, they encouraged them to remain true to the faith. But secondly, they warned them, we must go through many hardships to enter the kingdom of They said, listen, number one, make up your mind. You will remain true to Jesus no matter what. Because the fact is, in this life, there are hardships. There are storms. There are trials. Your faith will be tested. Your faith will be tried. And your perseverance and your devotion is of a great importance. It is one of the greatest qualities we have on this side of eternity. The determination that says sink or swim on the mountaintop or in the valley. Whether I'm singing his praises because it's easy or whether I'm singing them through tears. My mind is made up. I love the Lord. I'm going to serve the Lord and I'm going to do His will. Can you say amen? Oh, Lord. This woman had an enduring faith. And let us notice that her devotion, number one, it pleased God. But secondly, her devotion positioned her to receive from God. Devotion pleases God. Well, it seems like you don't get anything. It pleases the heart of the Father, and that's the most important thing. But her devotion positioned her to receive from God. Her devotion put her in the position to receive. We've mentioned this before, but it's just good to know for your spiritual walk. There are certain things that attracts God. Certain things repulse God. There are certain fragrances that are attractive. Certain fragrances that are repulsive. In the Bible, in the economy of God, certain things attract God. A humble heart attracts God. Faith and faithfulness attract God. Obedience and submission attract God. And they attract God when they position us to receive from God. God's a good God. He's a mighty God. I want someone to know he desires to do a whole lot more than we allow him to do. And one of the biggest things we do to allow him is just to position ourselves with our faithful devotion that he can breathe on us when he wants. He can break us when he wants. He can speak to us when he wants. Oh, my. I want you to notice this. Her devotion, our devotion, will position or place us to receive Jesus took the initiative in the service. There's no doubt about that. But she was in the place where she could receive. And discouragement tried to drive her away from the place of her divine appointment. Her devotion kept her in the place where when God's time came, she was there to receive his touch. When others tried to discourage her, with their Job's comforting friends and counsel. Her faithful devotion kept her in the place where when the Son of God came to church in a special way, she was there to receive the touch that no priest or synagogue ruler could give. When her own disappointment tried to just bring her to a place of saying, what's the use? Her devotion, her commitment. Turn the feelers off. Sometimes God turned the feelers off. Sometimes feelers off. This is people, feel, no, no. Faith. Whether the feeler's working like it should today or not, faith says we're getting up and we're going to do what's right in the eyes of the Lord and we're going to honor God. And that positions you to receive from God. Oh, my goodness. Then the day came when the wind blew. I pray that it will blow this morning as we seek God and draw near to him in just a little bit. Stay in position, my friend, to receive. Don't allow the trial, the struggle, the disappointments to cause you to stray or drift or shrink back. Don't lose heart. You've come too far. You've come too far. You've gone through too much. Turn back now. You keep doing what you know is right in the eyes of God. You keep doing what you know is right. For one that loves the Lord and one God has done so much for. Regardless of what others do, you serve God. Regardless of what others say, 
You fulfill your devotion. You stay faithful to your commitments to God. We see her devotion. We see her position and all her attitude. What an attitude. She couldn't straighten up, but she kept trying. She refused to surrender her will. She came. She came. She kept coming, and God, who rewards faithfulness, rewarded hers that day. And I pray, may God reward someone's faithfulness this day. The God that knows the hearts and the private places and the private struggles of every person. We pray that out of his heart of compassion and grace, he would honor someone's faithfulness this day. We know one day he'll reward all faithfulness that's pure and honorable. But we pray this day, O oh God, may your power fall, let your river flow. Let heavinesses be dispersed. Let areas that the enemy harasses be separated. Jesus saw her. He spoke to her. He called her. Then he touched her and she was healed. He spoke. He touched. She was made whole. This morning, we've heard his words and he spoke to us. Now let's draw near so he can touch us. May the Holy Spirit touch lives today. See, Jesus hadn't changed. He's still touching people, and he'll touch you. That was the trip that made the difference. And you're here today in the divine economy of God. As we come to this altar, and we just spend time just praising the Lord. Lift your hands and fix your eyes on Jesus. Love him, praise him, exalt him. And if there's an error in your life, you just need a special touch from God. Say, Lord, here I am. You know the area of struggle. You know the area of heaviness. You know the area... A pain or confusion, Lord, touch me. Lord, help me. Lord, minister your amazing grace to my area that needs what only you can give. I'm going to pray the last prayer and sing our last song and open the altar. If you're here today and you would like prayer for anything at all, if you would like anointing with oil, then please come. We're going to believe God. He's going to do a miracle in your life. And if you feel faith, now, secondly, if you feel faith for someone else, only if you feel real faith for someone else, and you want to stand in the gap for someone else, then you can come, and you can stand proxy for that person and believe that there's anointing will flow and leave here and touch them wherever they're at. Stand with me, please. Stand with me, please. We're going to pray and open the altar. Oh, the presence of God. Oh, the presence of God. We thank you, Lord, for your presence. 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 Oh, God, fill your sanctuary with a heavier, heavier measure of your presence. Oh, we pray, Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for your mighty power that is still working in the earth today, that is still touching and changing and healing lives today. And Father, we thank you for the name and the power of the Lord Jesus Christ. We pray, oh God, right now, let your power flow. Father God, as we draw near to thee, as we lift thee up, Lord, touch us, Lord, heal us. Father, touch many lives this morning, and I pray, Father, in the name of Jesus, may unnatural heavinesses and unnatural holds and harassments break in the name of Jesus. That unnatural oppression, let it disperse now. That unnatural area of strain and struggle, let there be a deliverance and a visitation now in the name of Jesus. Oh God, as we exalt thee, come down in a sovereign measure and work powerfully in the lives of your people. In Jesus' name, let's worship the Lord. If you need a touch from God, come and we